the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us begin this day by rejoicing. Let us be glad. We know not what we will encounter on our way. And we go forth to touch the lives of all with his healing touch. Let us pray. O oh God, eternal light, shine in our hearts. Eternal wisdom, scatter the darkness of our ignorance. Eternal compassion, have mercy on us. Turn us to seek your face and enable us to reflect your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Okay. Our first reading comes from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 7 through 9. For thus says the Lord, Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, Save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north, and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, 
among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor together. A great company they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. This is the word of the Lord. Psalm 126 read responsibly. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. For then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negev. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing. The second. The second reading is from Hebrews 7. Furthermore, the former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able for all time to save those who approach God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, blameless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he has no need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins, and then for those and then for those of the people. This he did once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests those who are subject to weakness. But the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. This is the word of the Lord.
The Gospel according to Mark, the 10th chapter. They came to Jericho as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. They called the blind men, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. The Gospel of our Lord. When you think about it, the fact that human beings can see things in the way that we do is quite amazing. The human eye is designed as a sensor for light. And once light travels through the lenses of the eye, it is received, carried along the optic nerve, and into the brain where the light is translated into images that we make meaning from. Light travels through all the pieces of the eye, the cornea, the pupil, the irises, followed by the retina, the optic nerve, near the back. Now other creatures have different sensors for their surroundings. Bats and dolphins use echolocation to see their world with sound. Snakes can taste the air with their tongues. That's weird, but cool. Hawks and other birds of prey have eyesight so keen they can zoom in on mice and squirrels from hundreds of feet up in the air. And sharks have the ability to sense the microelectric pulses given off by fish and other creatures hiding behind rocks and even underneath the sand. I mean, wow, right? As if, as if sharks aren't already crazy scary with an unlimited supply of teeth that are razor sharp, now we have to know that they have a sixth sense that helps them find their prey. The fact that we, as humans, have these two strange-looking biological lenses built into our faces is extraordinary. Our Gospel reading from the lectionary this morning came from Mark chapter 10. And at the center of this story is the theme of sight. As I read earlier, Jesus is walking just outside the city of Jericho when the crowd he's walking with passes by a blind man on the side of the road. The man's name is Bartimaeus. Even though Bartimaeus can't see, he knows that the crowd passing by is following Jesus of Nazareth. He's heard about Jesus. Jesus' reputation is spread as he is healing people of diseases and ailments and infirmities. When Bartimaeus hears 
that it's Jesus passing by. He cries out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd tries to silence him, but he yells again and even louder, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. As Mark is telling us this story, he says, and this is Mark's exact words, Jesus stood still and said, call him here. The words of Bartimaeus have become a central prayer for some traditions within the Christian church family. Our Eastern Orthodox brothers and sisters have made these words one of their central prayers of their spirituality for centuries. It's a miracle in and of itself that Jesus decides to engage Bartimaeus because it was socially acceptable to ignore or even ostracize people who had such physical conditions as he does. All cultures across the globe and across history have had social strata. Every culture. Places where people can be put aside or marginalized. Even Jesus' own culture had this built in. Blind people, paralyzed people, those suffering from diseases like leprosy may have had no other recourse than to sit along the side of the road to beg for food or for money to survive. Jesus asks Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And at this point, while reading the story, I find myself a bit stunned. Isn't it obvious, Jesus? Why would you ask a blind man what he wants? It seems pretty straightforward to me. This strikes me as strange. But with Jesus, there's always more than meets the eye. See what I did there? Yeah. That, that was a pun. Anyway, let's keep our eyes on the prize or else we may lose sight of the goal. Sorry, from here on out, I will try to avoid any more eye puns. Wink, wink. Seriously, though, why would Jesus ask such a question? What is the point? There are a variety of ways that I've read different scholars, commentaries, people potentially trying to interpret this part of the story, and I'm inclined to think of it this way. Jesus can clearly see Bartimaeus is blind, but Jesus doesn't assume that physical sight is Bartimaeus' greatest need or desire. For all we know, Bartimaeus has been blind for years, maybe his whole life, and has come to accept that as his new reality, in which case Jesus is offering him an opportunity to express his needs and his desires from his own perspective. Regardless of how we may interpret it, Bartimaeus does end up asking Jesus to restore his sight. Jesus simply says, go, your faith has made you well. This story is a wonderful example, of course, of Jesus' power to heal, but it's also a window into the way in which God interacts with us. God honors our needs and desires. This doesn't mean that God always gives us whatever we want, whenever we want it. God's not a cosmic vending machine. You don't put the coins in and get out the candy. That's not how God works. But God does want, does want us to practice vulnerability. That means expressing our needs and desires. 
Jesus saw Bartimaeus as a full human being, not as a person who is lacking sight. That's a beautiful truth that bridges the pages of this text to our lives as well. God sees you even as you may be losing your sight. God sees you even as you may be experiencing grief. God sees you even as you may be experiencing health challenges, the drastic shifts of aging, or some other profound and difficult reality of being human. God sees you. God sees me. God loves you. God loves me. This truth is at the heart of the story. And there's a radical invitation in the story. You and I are invited to be vulnerable with God. God welcomes our expressions of need and desire. If, if there's anything that 150 Psalms of the Old Testament can teach us, it is that God is open to hearing whatever is going on inside our hearts, our minds, and our souls. You read the Psalms and you're watching people be profoundly vulnerable with God. God, my enemy wants to kill me. God, I feel depressed. God, I'm lost. God, where are you? God, I need you. God, I feel this pull of desire, of want in me. That's what people are doing when they're writing the Psalms we find in the Scriptures. There have been times in my life where I have been overwhelmed with anxiety and fear, and I've brought them to God in prayer. I've cried out to God with those. There have been times where I've been overcome with grief and sadness, and I expressed those tears to God, sometimes in written letters and journals. There have been times where I've been angry, bitter, frustrated, confused, doubting, questioning, and more, and I've found myself expressing these, communicating these, and I don't always get a response. Sometimes I sit and wait, and I hear nothing but silence. There are also times where I feel drawn to a text of scripture, or I hear or see God in creation, or God chooses to speak to me through the conversation I have with another person. I've heard God through the lyrics of songs and reading books and the beauty of paintings and sculptures. God's not limited in the methods or the options regarding how to speak to you and me. The Trinity communicates with us in a wondrous variety of ways. What is often missing is our attention. We're not paying attention. Bartimaeus paid attention. He heard the crowd, he heard the voices walking by, knowing that they were talking about Jesus. Bartimaeus spoke up when he recognized the presence of God walking by in Jesus. We are invited to pay attention, as he did. God is moving around us all the time. God is speaking to us. God is inviting us to things. And if we aren't paying attention, we may miss the beauty, the wonder, the power, and the opportunity that God invites us to join in his work. So, brothers and sisters, I encourage you this week to do whatever it takes to keep the eyes of your soul open Pay attention to the ways God may be speaking to you. Open your heart. Open your soul. God may be speaking to you in a way that you're not used to. So be prepared for that. 
May each of us have the eyes of our hearts opened to the movement of God around us this week. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's continue our service of worship by singing the hymn, Amazing Grace. you to join me in the reading of the Confession of Faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Let us pray. Glorious God, your word reveals that we further your kingdom as we show kindness and compassion to others. We pray that Jesus' life and teaching may show us how to intentionally use our talents, prayers, time, and offerings. We humbly give our offerings as an expression of our faith and love. Amen. service where we would normally pray the prayers of the congregation, I felt it appropriate to include time of praying a prayer of blessing upon all these scarves and shawls uh, that a faithful group of our community made in order to bless our neighbors in the Summer House Memory Care Unit. So I wanted to invite you to join me in praying over these. Um, I'm going to extend my hand towards that table in prayer. I invite you to do so if you are able, but please join me as we pray that God would bless these as a tangible, tactile form of love uh, to our neighbors. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the group of faithful knitters and quilters and others who gathered together uh, to put together these wonderful, beautiful scarves, shawls, and blankets. We pray your blessing upon them, Lord. We pray that as they go over this afternoon and they give these gifts to our neighbors, we pray that you would bless them, that through these simple and beautiful and wonderful gifts, that our neighbors would know they are loved. We pray, Lord, that you'd bless them. We pray that you'd bless those whose hands put them together. We thank you for their artistry and their craftsmanship and the beauty that they've been able to put into these gifts. And we thank you, Lord, that these gifts are a small picture of your love for us. Every gift is an image, a mirror of your love for us. And so we pray your blessing upon these, and we thank you uh, that they will continue to bless our neighbors for many weeks, months, and years to come. Bless them, we pray, in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Now I invite you to join me in praying the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, 
and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us continue by singing the hymn, Lord, dismiss us with your blessing. the benediction and close our service together, just a uh, word of uh, invite to notice that these flowers that were left here were from a memorial service that we conducted yesterday afternoon for the family of Jane Rice, a longtime resident of ours. Uh, they donated those flowers uh, so that we might enjoy them as well uh, for our Sunday morning worship. So I wanted to point that out to all of us. Now may we receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Amen.